the idea that there's hateful speech, it's like, yeah, okay, that's self-evident, no problem. Well, let's regulate it. Okay, fair enough, because it's hateful. You know, maybe we'd rather that there wasn't any of it. Okay, no problem. Who defines hate? Well, we'll worry about that later. It's like, no, you won't. That's actually the problem. Here's the answer to who defines hate. Those people that you would least want to have define it. That will be the inevitable consequence of the legislation. Because sensible people won't have anything to do with that. Like people who are power mad will gravitate to that domain to make an ethical case to exercise their controlling power over the language of other people. No, and I have Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Thursday, July 13th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. I have four main topics we're going to get into. We're going to start today with something that I think is really important, something that we've covered many times on this platform. And a lot of people that have been in the independent media for a while, this is not a new topic. And that is the manufactured terrorism of the FBI. That's not even remotely a conspiracy theory. It's more of a nuanced conversation about how you perceive Medi- or uh, pre-crime discussions, how you perceive the idea of creating a crime to then stop it under the justification that they were likely going in that direction anyway, or rather that if they did it, then they're guilty anyway, like this kind of mindset. The- but the idea is that there's not a conspiracy theory around this. New York Times wrote an article about this. It's, it's quite literally what's happening. We're dealing with the manufactured terrorism that's being used to keep you in a very specific position. We're also going to talk about foreign policy today and some of the overlapping points that I think are important to a few other discussions. We're going to talk about some alarming censorship direction from the EU in particular, but as we see, this is happening all over the world right now. And then we're going to finish with another focus on a, a very, well, two things in, in this conversation, the endocrine disrupting chemicals and another CNN article that just ignorantly dismisses the things that we can right now easily prove. And then the discussion of one of the more alarming things I've seen in all this, and it's, it's actually hard to even say it like that because there's so many alarming things within this manipulation, I should say, within this trans movement conversation But there's a group in Toronto that is literally trying to force and seemingly winning by the responses of the government, force children to go to these drag queen story times. Now, that may not be a big deal to you. And we'll get into why I think that's important. It doesn't honestly it is it does matter what it is we're talking about. But to move to take aside the concept of this drag queen story time. At what point did we start arguing that these people could force children to do anything, especially if it's an extracurricular activity? especially if the parents didn't want that. That we'll get to in the point today. As we've done the entire time, the idea of just general sex education, which, yes, we can argue those are different things, has always been something they could opt out of. So now you're telling kids they have to go to a story time. That seems a little bit strange. And then you find out it's because, well, not doing so or allowing them to opt out is, of course, bigoted. Of course, at its root, it must be. 
or people just have different opinions, or maybe it is, and it's not your choice to decide why they don't want to do. The crazy part of it is that it is quite, they're literally trying to argue that children shouldn't be able to opt out of this process. I don't, I can't even wrap my mind around how that makes sense to people outside of the point that they've already decided that there are ideas and thoughts and certain kinds of people that just shouldn't be allowed to exist anymore. And maybe you agree with that. But that's never been what we pretend that we are. And it's an incredibly alarming step. But we're going to start today with an an interesting point that I want to make about, yet again, about the illusion of, I guess, process of our authority. The the idea that the powers that be shouldn't be, the powers that wish they were, truly care about actually keeping you safe, about solving crimes, about any any of the way, you know, any of the number of things we could discuss. And I really just want to, just before we get into the FBI topic to start today, I've showed you things from Kamala Harris, as I tend to do in the beginning of the show, just a couple of random points that I kind of think set the stage. But it really has become alarming to people on all walks of life, all sides of the illusion that is the two-party paradigm, and then people that exist outside of it that are beginning to be very uncomfortable about how they're now looking back at the COVID-19 illusion. And realizing, wait a minute, all the well, you, you know, these are hurting people, and these just it is causing myocarditis, and no, oh, it looks like it's not effective, and you still can't catch it. Or Ukraine, and going, wait a minute, those are those are clearly Nazis. Or East Palestine, how come everybody's still sick and nobody cares? People are starting to realize that, wait a minute, what's going on right now? How is it possible that so many different things are happening, and the people that are are screaming that their job is to keep us safe, so shut up and let them do their job, don't seem to care. I just think it's alarming, and this kind of overlaps with the point that the FBI, in my opinion, and I think we can prove over its history, doesn't have the mandate that you think it does. Well, let's start with something that I think is on that the point that I was referencing. Start with something that I think is really hilarious and stupid and alarming at the same time. Associated Press News. No fingerprints, DNA samples, or leads from the cocaine found at the White House. Yeah, you'd be forgiven if you don't even know about this or, frankly, could care less because that's how stupid this story is. I mean, let's just, before we even get into the point itself, like of all the things going on in the world, think about how absurd it is that this is such a focus for so many people, including media, pundits, they're investigating, we're going to get to the, there's actually, I think it was uh, Jesse Waters or some other Fox News, man, we're the only ones that care, we're going to get to the bottom of this, and we're going to get the reports, and we're going to find out who cares. I mean, truly, other than the idea that maybe that what Hunter had cocaine and that that only adds to the reality that we all seem to know what this kid is or the fact that let's just say let's make it crazy. Biden had cocaine. Does that really matter to everybody? Do you realize these people are on amphetamines and a thousand different chemical concoctions and drugs that probably don't even know the names of because they're in the positions they're in? I'm not even saying that's okay. I'm just saying that's the reality. Find out that they're most more than half of Congress is on geriatric drugs or Alzheimer's drugs. Like that's not even getting into the illicit things that they do, and we'll get into that in in a small part today. Go back and watch yesterday's show if you want to see the overlap, the alarming overlap to trafficking and all sorts of things that our government is involved in. But it's amazing to me that this is what people care about. So even if this was a real story, because that's also something, it might not even be real. They know that we're going to go under Biden because that's this running meme. And it wouldn't be that shocking to realize he clearly looked like he was on something while he was there. But these are all hypothetical, subjective points. So much is being buried behind this. But the point is, not only is it such a stupid story that nobody should really care about because there's so much more going on, given that assuming it's even real, if it was actually there, as this guy will show, make it a point he'll make in a minute. Do you really believe that they wouldn't be able to figure this out? 
as the point he makes, there's facial recognition, there's cameras in every room, multiple cameras, but somehow they're not able to figure this out. They can't crack this case. Come on, guys. They don't either. It doesn't either. It doesn't exist. And it was meant to get you looking elsewhere or they don't want to show because it, it, in, 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 um, implicate somebody that they don't want you to look at. And this is not unique to the Biden administration, which, of course, right now, all the right media is doing how unprecedented this is and how they're lying. It happened to their Trump. It happened to Obama. And I just wish we could all be adults enough to point that out. But here is what somebody this is uh, Tim Burchett coming out of this Secret Service meeting, you know, a meeting entirely around the bag of cocaine. It's just so sad. You know, meanwhile, the CIA is trafficking cocaine right now across the world. But let's care about this bag in the room they found or did not find. Here's what he had to say about it. Hey, everybody. Tim Burchett just left the most ridiculous meeting of all time with the Secret Service over the cocaine that was found in the uh, in the White House. So it turns out they don't know who did it. The investigation's going to be over at the end of the week, and they're not going to find out who, who did it. And that's basically it. Another cover-up. You know. Don't you love how they're, they're basically being informed that they're not going to be able to figure it out? <laughs> you just got to love that. So wait a minute. You're still investigating. You haven't figured it out. But you're going to go ahead and pre-inform us that next week we're not going to be able to figure it out. <laughs> wink, wink. It's the most secure building in the entire world. You can't go in there. They have facial identification. They have, you got to give your social security number. Nobody, even the press, nobody right. goes in there right. without them knowing. This is a bad look on the Secret Service and a horrible look on this White House. It's the same so thing as always. More cover-ups continue. Yep, they do. More cover-ups continue. And it's no different than it's ever been. That's the story. But what's, let's just add one more point to this before I even go to the next part. Just Let's just take it from like a libertarian anarchist standpoint. Why do we even care what grown adults want to do anyway? Why do we care so much about people taking cocaine in the first place? Because our government told us we're supposed to. And that's a bigger point that we need to think about. How clearly we all get led by the nose, all of us in some way, by what these kind of by directions of the government. I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's as silly as realizing that cannabis is still a Schedule One drug. No joke, a Schedule One drug, which lean, means beyond, that literally means no medical value and and is highly addictive. Neither of those things are true about cannabis. Guess what cocaine is? A Schedule II drug, which means it has some level of medical and it's not as addictive, <laughs> which is completely the opposite. It's just so mind-blowingly stupid. But people still go fall into this. This is a huge breaking story for some people in the paradigm. But he's right. It's very stupid. And it's obviously meant to just be like, well, we don't know. Wah, wah. Well, guess what? Today. Just in, Secret Service ends the investigation into a bag of cocaine found at the White House find, without finding a suspect. So why'd you end then? Did you just kind of run into a wall and go, oops, we can't figure anything out? I find that hard to believe. Anyway, this is a meaningless point. I just think it's hilarious to show you the faux investigation, the lack of any kind of follow-up, and the fact that at the end of the day, what you're looking at in regard to the FBI, the Secret Service, the CIA, these are barriers between you and the the upper echelon, the hierarchy, right? The tiered society, the better thans. That's the reality here, guys. And we just need to realize that. And it's and they are all in a club that you're not in. Thank you, George Carlin, for making such a precedent point so long ago. Left, right, up, down, there on a side that you're not in. That's how we have to start realizing this. Otherwise, we're never going to change anything. Now, onto the FBI, which I think is a really important point. And as I said, guys, this is not a new topic. Not only has the last American vagabond been ha harping on this forever, 
a lot of people long before I ever even got into this were making points about this. So the argument really being that the FBI from its inception is, an, is a concept that's anti unconstitutional, that they've been aimed at you with the point of saying, well, we'll we're going to suss out the bad guys. Well, that's not how this is really supposed to work in the sense that, look, I'm not saying we shouldn't have people that are, in, you know, investigators, you know, detectives. But the idea that the FBI is essentially set out to seek out, like not follow up leads and that that does happen, I guess we're told anyway. But what I'm talking about is the manufacturing of plots, which is not a secret and has been going on since the very beginning. This has been an entity that's been pointed at Americans. It's essentially an anti-American concept. Now, you could disagree with that. But there's a lot of valid arguments we made here. Decentralized news points out if the FBI were to be defunded or dismantled, which is an argument being made right now, which is kind of hilarious, by the way. I just for those of you that watch the ebb and flow and do this long enough to watch how the same stupid narratives flip flop and teeter totter between left and right over the years, you know, where 30 seconds ago it was about defunding the police and now the left is screaming, you know, and now the right is defund the FBI and the left's going, no, how dare you defund. It's just so stupid that you, you guys are making the same argument from different points in time. And the reality is that the average person just goes along, right? Oh, was I supposed to care about that before? Now it's the right saying it. So we're supposed to stand against it. Got it. Okay, bad. We defend the police now. But he makes a point that if we defund them, who will hatch and facilitate terror plots? It's a great point to make. Now, this he lists a couple of articles, one of which is one that Derek recently wrote. But let's listen to this clip first. Tom Elliott po- posts this. And by the way, before we play it, Hank Johnson here. It's just I often wonder who sets these questions in front of people. He's, he's clearly just reading this. And it kind of, in my opinion, is that the way he's reading it in the cadence, it's kind of like he's not even sure what he's reading. You guys tell me what you think. In any case, I find it odd that you, know, you have these different newer people pop up and kind of stand in positions and, and just kind of put forward the statement, you know, that's almost as if you don't believe that they think what they're reading or that it even matters. He's just doing his job as the person supposed to read this statement at this moment. See what you think. Ray, are you aware that MAGA Republicans have repeatedly called for the FBI to be uh, defunded? I, so here, and I'm going to pause it a few times on this, just so you know. So forget my point. Are you aware that MAGA Republicans are... Okay, so the point is, a lot of people, including people like myself, who absolutely don't even associate with either side of the illusion of the paradigm. But of course, the framing is, are you aware that this group that we want to make a point about is saying this along with a lot of other people? No, no, that's not part of the point. Just the MAGA bad guys. You know, the other side of the country. Like, it's just the point. They're still playing this game where all MAGA is just a threat all the time, no matter what. Even though that's about the stupidest thing you could ever say out loud in your lifetime. Sure, there's got to be any group of people. You're going to find people that are bad. You're also, you're also going to find a lot of highly educated, wealthy people that care about the country or whatever you want to talk about. Same thing on the left. You're telling me you're not going to find a bunch of eco-terrorists and left people. You know, however you want to frame it, it's just names. You've got bad people on both sides because people are lost in the paradigm and are convinced that their neighbors are the enemy. My point, though, is that to say that, you know, that MAGA people are calling for the def- Okay, well, yes, that's absolutely true. As the left is moments ago calling for the defunding of the police. How can you make this argument and not be realize how absurd it is to state this as, as you'll see go forward as if it's some kind of undermining point like how dare you undermine the sanctity of our country even though it was quite literally what they were just doing like i just don't get why average people can't see this and when they do they decide to dismiss it when i say average i mean people in the two-party paradigm here's what he says i have heard some of that language in fact republicans on this very committee have said that your institution should be dismantled in that Good. correct uh-huh. 
Uh, well, I think certain members have. And one member even tweeted. Just get to the point, man. Like, see, this is this is organized, right? Like, just you, you don't need him to go. Yes, that is correct. We all know that. Like, you're you're just setting the table. Read your statement. No, no, this is not unique to the left. I mean, the point is that I just can't stand how are what you usually find is there's a group that's defending the person and then there's the side that's not and it's so fake and arbitrary and theater all the time i argue that none of this is going to amount to literally anything but justifying the agenda going forward that's because i don't believe any of this is truly in our interest whichever side you think you're standing with call me jaded i probably am quote dis- defund and dismantle the fbi in quote another t- <laughs> i'm sorry i have to make fun of this real quick quote Right. Uh, well, I think certain members have. Right. So he asked, do, do, do you know members that have said dismantle the FBI? Yes, I think so. And one member even tweeted. One member even tweeted. OK, well, it seems like you're going to give like, a, a, you know, so he just literally said they're calling to defund the FBI. To then say one person literally even tweeted defund the FBI. Isn't that a stupid thing to say? You literally just said that. To frame it like that, it sounds like you're going to go, here's a crazy statement that was made in, the, in that light. No, he just said defund the FBI. Well, yeah, you already made that point. I just think it's hilarious. I like making fun of these people. Sorry for wasting your time. <laughs> quote, dis- defund and dismantle the FBI, end yep. quote. End quote. You're Another right. told Fox News that, quote, Republicans should defund the bureaucracy, end quote. Good. And a third told the press that he thinks the FBI, quote, needs to be split up and moved out into pieces, end quote. Isn't that interesting? So now we're going all the way back to the time when everybody in America seemed to be like, yay, break up the CIA, splinter it into a thousand pieces. Oh, JFK got shot, right? So here we're at a point where now the same kind of thing is being argued, but in a domestic way, even though we know the CIA absolutely operates on domestic soil, even though that's a violation of their law and mandate, but, you know, laws, like they care about it. The FBI clearly is a problem today. And I don't think it has to do with left and right. It's because it is a bureaucracy, as you just said, an overwhelming, unaccountable entity that is now right now in, in very clear fashion refusing to engage with this process, ignoring questions, hiding the reality. And it doesn't apply to a left-right paradigm right now, guys. This is about something much bigger. Now, that doesn't mean that he individually may have allegiances one way or the other, which that does play a factor. But these are larger than the left-right paradigm. I just find this really incredible that what you're outlining is not only what you guys were arguing about the police 30 seconds ago, but something that's been a longstanding concept for Americans for a, as long as I look, as far back as I want, as, I, as we can look. Concerns about the intelligence appar- apparatus. We've had major, many previous presidents and many previous leaders of this country stand up and say this is the problem. Right? The, JFK warned about this. We have even have people like um, – as I'm, I'm forgetting, blanking off uh, Eisenhower, making the argument about the scientific elite, and it's very overlapped. Just want, I just think it's crazy. Those are direct quotes and only a small sample of what's out there. Can you briefly describe for us what the effect would be on our national security and on our domestic tranquility if the FBI were <laughs> to be defunded or dismantled? You see, so what? it's a fake frame. Let us know what will happen to our wonderful utopia should these dangerous evil villains do what they want. Go. Oh, yeah, that's not slanted at all. To our wonderful you like just the way he frames, that's just silly. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't, do, am I the only one that doesn't take these people seriously? I just, I'm blown away sometimes about how, how cartoonish these people are. Well, certainly it would be disastrous for 38,000 hardworking career law enforcement professionals and their families, but more. Well, they can learn to code, though, right? That'll be fine. More importantly, in many ways, uh, it would hurt 
our great state and local law enforcement partners who depend on us every day to work with them on a whole slew of challenging threats. Now, am I, under the, am I arguing that there's not FBI agents or levels of this to do some good? No, I've never made that argument. Of course, that's what people will assume. You know, and assuming does tend to make you look like a fool, so that, that's on them. But the point is very clearly that there are people that do in any position, whether it's police, government, there are people that do things that they think are right, people that make compromised decisions because they think they can eventually do something right, or just terrible people that try to manipulate you and use their position for their own gain. All these things exist, and including more. So to make this argument is about the leadership, the hierarchy, and, and what is driving it into the ground, or rather in the direction I think it was always meant to. But you see people end up finding their way into positions, with, and they believe the lie, right? People that find their way even, even higher up sometimes, where they, they have bought into the illusion that we sell ourselves about what these things are supposed to be. And usually by the time they get there, well, they've compromised enough to where it's too late. Like you find with politicians where you step in thinking, I'm going to change everything, but I have to do this and compromise that just so I can make it happen. And I'll make good things happen down the line. Next thing you know, you, you're compromised from, you know, what's the, what's the old expression? Six ways from Sunday. And the next thing you know, you, you got, you, you're stuck. I think that's how this tends to work. It would hurt. Think about Epstein, for example. That's how, that's a part of how they do this and trap people. The American people, neighborhoods and communities all across this country. Uh, the people we're protecting from cartels, violent criminals, gang members, predators, uh, foreign domestic terrorists. I mean, you know, you could say all this and it sounds all nice and pretty. And to the average person, you're going to say, how oh, we can't lose all of that. But, well, there's a, there's a big point to be made here about what law enforcement already does. Right? I mean, that, that's the, what he just described as, by and large, law enforcement. Like, on the ground, border stuff, cross, but the, what, what he's talking about, foreign stuff, well, what are you talking about? FBI, that's, a, that's you're talking about foreign engagement, and yes, the FBI does go overseas, but by and large, I'm often wondered why that's the case. Because what they're arguing is we have to do this for the protecting, the domestic protection. But is that even the case? How many times can we then stand back and prove that these larger foreign terrorist organizations or terrorist actions were organized, back-funded, allowed to happen by the very group that's pretending to stop it. I'm not saying I can give you a definitive answer that this is and isn't happening entirely, but we must know that throughout history, this group has been used to effectively lie to us about so many different things, carry out terrorist acts, cover them up, and fabricate things. That doesn't mean that there wasn't things that were also stopped. But we need to be honest with ourselves. It's like every other conversation. The problem is, and you know it's coming, the two-party paradigm stops people from seeing one side or the other. It's either that they're there to protect you and you're all a bunch of liars, or every single part of it's a problem. At this point, I'm leaning towards all of it being a problem, but reality is it's probably somewhere in the middle, and we have to be open to that. Cyber attacks, I could go on and on. The people it would help would be those same violent gangs and cartels, uh, foreign terrorists, Chinese spies, hackers, and so forth. A member time of the time of the gentleman has... Right. You know, all the things that seem to still happen anyway. And of course, their argument then is, like with the vaccine, well, good thing we have the FBI or it would be even worse. <gasps> well, maybe it would be, or maybe not. You got to love how we just, you know, take it on the chin for the authority. But back to his point. Well, clearly, guys, we've seen an example of this throughout history. It's not, I mean, this, Derek literally just wrote this. This is the new, this is one of the newest examples. It's amazing to me that this just keeps coming up. This is not something to be dismissed. The FBI's entrapment of Americans continues with the latest arrest of an 18-year-old with developmental issues. You can read this for yourself. This was June 2023. The parents are outraged. It's nothing new. 
So you're telling me that a development, an 18-year-old with developmental issues that can barely live outside of his family's house can't even do things that the help of his family somehow was manufacturing and organizing a massive terror plot? It doesn't make any sense until you realize that this is how they bolster, a good example, bolster their numbers and the illusion of this, which gets them more funding, which allows more control, and then allows the justification to shut you down at home, to just shut you down from being able to say certain things to control your speech, to control your actions under the guise that it's under your prote- for your protection. But let's not forget that with January 6th, they've already been caught with this. The idea that they quite literally argued from a domestic perspective that the domestic terrorism numbers had it ballooned, but what they really did was argue that every single individual person they investigated from January 6th, which they investigated literally everybody, as even Jordan, uh, um, uh, uh, shoot, Jim, jo- Jim Jordan just pointed out in, in Congress, that that even included members of Congress that were there for the weekend, every single one of them were written down as a domestic terrorism investigation. Well, then you write that down on a page, it looks like, oh my God, our domestic terrorism investigations have exploded over the year. No, it's a completely artificial number. You're lying with statistics like they always do, or commonly do. Here's a story that goes back to 2018. This is one of the more popular articles on this platform. It's actually written by Matt Agris from the Free Thought Project. Parents catch FBI in a plot to force mentally ill son to be a right-wing terrorist. This is not even hyperbolic. Please read this. Everything is documented. The parents literally caught them. And we're like, what are you doing? This, this is one of the worst situations of all of it. This is worse than this kid. This kid is, is borderline unable to... I mean, he, this kid was dependent on his family. He lives with his family, has no friends, just like the other situation. They end up sidling up next to the kid, making them feel, and it's just like the trans conversation we make, we point out. And this is, I'm not saying everybody, but there's been kids that have spoken out and said that I was made to believe this would solve all my problems. They were, they became friends of mine. The community told me it was the right thing to do. And they woke up 10 years later and they're right. Their life is ruined. That is something that has happened and it has to matter. So with this, the same thing, you have a vulnerable kid who has no friends, and that's sadly the situation here beforehand, and was desperate for friendship. And somebody steps in and says, hey, I'll be your friend. And hey, here, here's something cool. Let's, let's, let's connect and bond over this conversation about, about whatever the thing is they're trying to suss it, you know, lull them into. And, they, and then they go, here, check this thing out. Learn how to do this. Look at this new thing. You can build a bomb online. Here, let's give you the parts to do it. Like this whole long process over years. And finally, they try to get this kid to do something. And half the time, they say no anyway. And this, luckily enough, the parents stepped in and caught them. It's, I mean, it's, it's, there's going to be people that will see this report and go, that can't be true. And those are willfully ignorant people. You should question it. Please, always question it. I could be wrong. I've gone over this extensively more than once. It's very, very real. What the public should be looking at is the fact that the FBI gave our son the means to make this happen. He has no job, no money, no vehicle, and no driver's license. Due to the fact that he is schizophrenic, and we, his parents, do everything we can to keep him safe and functional. The FBI came and picked him up from our home. They gave him a vehicle. They gave him a fake bomb and every means to make this happen, none of which he had access to on his own. Even if you want to pretend that he had the design, the, the desire to do this, it's not even feasibly possible that he could have done this by himself. There's no evidence that he was working with anybody else. This is a trap. Then you can ask yourself if this is about exactly what we've been talking about. The art, the art, to try to manufacture the illusion that we are in the midst of a right-wing terrorism surge. Quite frankly, I think it's absolutely an illusion. There are bad people on all sides of this. Here's another conversation, 2018, Rachel Blevins. Another, after FBI let uh, Florida shooter happen, 
which is easily proven. We, we can prove on it. It's exact topic. And it was something they saw let happen. Media now praising them for arming mentally ill man in fake attack. This is hardly unique, which is disgusting. This is from 2017. Evidence emerges showing FBI was behind a 2015 ISIS terror attack in Texas. Same thing. If you want to dismiss all of this and just go, that can't be true, well, that's, that's your choice. But these things are undeniable, and the evidence is all on the table. I mean, even this tweet from Defend Assange is saying the same thing. Almost all terror plots are created by the FBI as part of its business model. That is literally not hyperbole. Now, again, they just differ. They argue that it's not the that you're, you're, you're misrepresenting it. This kid would have been a problem. He did it, didn't he? Well, that's not even the case with most of these. Right. Where this case, this case and one I've talked about many times that the last moment they go, no, 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 never mind. So you can argue that they were really just so desperate to make friends. They were willing to entertain this madness. But at the last moment, they said no anyway. And then they arrest them and say, oh, what well, was about to happen? This is an important one you should read. Is the FBI an enemy of freedom? I 100 percent feel this. I think that this is an unconstitutional entity. Not just unique to current times either. Trump's FBI continues the phony war of terror, continues to go after people. And this is a James Corbett uh, breakdown, which is important. This is one that Whitney wrote in 2021, who was a terrorist in Biden's America. Well, you should read through this because the reality is it's you. Uh-oh. Okay, good. I thought it froze on me. The reality is that they, they are switching, as we've been telling you for a long time, to domestic focus even though that's always been the case this is the stated focus now it's folk that the war on terror was always pointed inward we've proven this over the years the data shows that now they're just telling you now we're focused on you you're the bad guy domestic terrorism of course they only want it to be the right wing lone shooter white guy kind of concept but that's not the reality as we can currently see Last couple, we have multiple shooters in the past so many months and years that have been trans, people that have been Hispanic that they still call white supremacists. Of course, they just jam it into that round hole. That's how this works. This is an important one from 2016. Here's what the FBI was doing instead of catching the Orlando shooter. Now, again, you can read through this. The reality is that there was a lot of stuff that was being done that was manufacturing the illusion. They knew that this was going to happen. They didn't step in. And this is also the example we have of things like the ridiculously artificial example of, a whoa, look, there just happens to be his passport and an ID right there on the counter. What do you know? Well, that's perfect for us, isn't it? Orlando Shooter's true motive finally revealed, but why did the FBI try to hide it? All of these are very important to understand that these things have been manufactured over the years. And there's a great article that was put up by... Um, Oh, this one, actually, I forgot to open it uh, right here. The Intercept. That's where this image actually first came from that I saw. Oh, actually, never mind. He put, oh, that's too bad. I thought, he, I thought that was going back to the one that, where I originally saw this image. In any case, it's, it's an image, you know, it's somebody making an, uh, um, a cartoon or art, art, essentially, showing exactly what you think for the podcast. It's FBI and a film crew basically staging what looks like a terrorist, and it's exactly how this tends to work. The article reads, recordings reveal FBI gave man a rifle, urged him to carry out mass shootings to, quote, defend Islam. Simply put, the FBI manufactures terror threats and then takes credit for stopping them. So really ask yourself a question. Let's just even say it goes to the extent where somebody is actually willing to carry out the attack. If you don't find out this background, the person gets shot in the in the 
in the effort, which happens all the time these days. It never used to happen as often. You need to try to arrest him, get more information, right? Not today. It seems like it's quickly. Get rid of the guy. Would you ever even find out? Really think about that. If this guy had gone out, done it, shot, it was over, the news report, bad guy, terrorist, shoot people, the FBI stopped him. Unless somebody knows better, do you think the FBI is going to come out and say, hey, we gave him the bomb. We let him do that. We, tra- we, we coerced him into it. Are you proud of us? Well, no, that part never gets discussed until it gets caught. And even then realize how many times they've been caught for doing that. And yet, we don't ask this question. Here is a study inventing terrorists, the law, the, the lawfare of preemptive prosecution. It was an entire study done in 2014. And it's, uh, it's called, uh, they had a, a term here I liked that, that was interesting. It says, where was it? Right here. Lawfare, the use of the law as a weapon of war. Interesting to think about. Law and military interventions, preserving humanitarian value in the 21st century. Point is, war has come home. It came home a long time ago. Now, page 11, it says something very important in regard to, uh, this is the summary, I guess. Oh, and then that, this page there has these stats. I'll show you. Now, it says, a study sponsored, where was the point? Uh, basically, post-9-11 claims that the U.S. government, that it helps the country helps it keep the country safe from terrorism by arresting hundreds of so-called terrorists who were about to strike the U.S. until the FBI throwed their plots. Now, remember, that was what we heard a lot back in the day. All these numbers of stopped actions, we didn't really get much more, but now it's it's, seeing through the veil. In fact, this study shows that there have been remarkably few actual terrorism threats to this country in the last decade. The vast majority of arrests in the war on terror have consisted of the FBI foiling its own entrapment plots, or the government arresting people on material support for terrorism charges that effectively criminalize innocent conduct, such as charitable giving, giving and management, free speech, free association, peacemaking, and social hospitality, right? You could argue that you may not like it. The point is, if somebody says something online, let's just even say they're like, yay, go ISIS. Well, wait a minute. Isn't Now we're getting into a very, very problematic step where that's their right to say those things. Well, yeah, we see that diminishing right now. We'll get to that later in the show where, oh, well, you can't say that. You're not even allowed to think that. We know that you're saying something different, but we know what you really think. So they've decided there are certain things, thoughts that you're not allowed to have. One of which today apparently is biology. It says inflation of minor or technical incidents into terrorism events, such as immigration application inaccuracies, old weapon charges, or inaccurate statements. So manufacturing this, and here's the actual stats. Bottom line, the total number of these cases where they're arguing they manufactured is 94.2%. It's right there. Now, this study is, I mean, it's, it's been written. I mean, look, this is, here's the New York Times. Terrorist plots hatched by the FBI. This is even before this study came out. This is not a secret. But what's weird is today you bring it up and it's fake news, just like a lot of things that are uncomfortable for the empire. It's just absolutely mind-blowing. Combining preemptive prosecution cases and elements of preemptive prosecution, 94% of every single thing they stopped pre-2014 was something that they created or had a hand in themselves. Does that make you feel safe or does that make you feel scared? Now, the reality of this is something that is is, is readily available. People overseas seem to know it a lot better than we do. 
But I think Americans are really quickly beginning to come around to the idea that it's not necessarily like, I mean, look, you could argue that it's just the FBI and the FBI has to be dismantled. I just, I don't think that even makes sense. It's the power structure. It goes well beyond one institution. It's the CIA. It's the, it's the, the, the office of national intelligence or was it, which one is it again? I'm forgetting all the different, and all of the unaccountable groups that we've never even heard of today. The problem is that this is something that is systemic. It is aimed at you because you are seen as a threat. It's as simple as that. Now, before we move on to the next part of this, I wanted to bring this up because it's really interesting how this has happened. I was making this point just the, just yesterday when we talked about the, the, child, the gaslighting of the child trafficking conversation. Now, <clears throat> as the point I made before, Jim uh, Cavazil, I forget how to say his last name, Basically, he before this movie, in fact, as you'll hear him say in this video, went out and he talked about adrenochrome. For those who don't know, the simple reality, and look, I even largely, I think to a degree, disagree with something he says in this. But let's be very clear about this. It's an organ inside your body that can, that it's, it's where your adrenaline is produced. The argument is that this is something that is done to get high or to have, a, you know, an effect on the body. Now that's, it's, not even up for debate. It's obvious that's there, and it's obvious that's possible. The argument where it gets into the concern, and then, and then obviously we know very clearly that there is organ trafficking. It's not up for debate. So where it seems to get strange is when, and this is why I don't even know why in his position he would even push this argument, because I feel like this becomes hard to verify even individual circumstances, is that they say that the idea is to scare the children so they produce adrenaline and then they kill them, and then that's how they get the... Now, Look, you could argue that that would make sense. That's a horrifying thing to talk about. But you could argue very clearly that you don't need that aspect of it. If you or, or you could even do something different. Now, the point is, I'm not even going to get into you know, litigating whether or not. I, I 100% think that this is something that we, has been proven. It's not hard to look up. You could, I'll let him describe it for himself. It's very clearly something that's there. But the question becomes whether or not this is a central part of this larger discussion, whether this is happening in trial trafficking, which I, I believe that every, all this stuff seems to be happening. But, you, but we need to ask why he was treated the way he did was before and now just for bringing this up. I do find this very strange. But then again, this is the point that seems to get problematic for people. Oh, that's QAnon. Well, why do you care so much about one additional point? He's simply saying children are being kidnapped. We all seem to know that's true, but how dare you suggest they're doing it for that reason? Now ask yourself why that would even matter. Like really for a second ask, why would that be a problem? So he, let's just say he, it's not even true. So he's wrong about why they're kidnapping him. So let's pretend like it's all fake. Like, I don't know, maybe you tell me if I'm missing something, but I still can't understand why even all those people that are, let's just even say this was a big QAnon right wing ploy or whatever they're calling it. This, I just am still confused on why people are so aggressively dismissive of this when it's very clear that this is based on something real. I've seen this over and over again in the media. You said ivermectin's bad. That's listed under the NIH. Uh, hydroxychloroquine is bad for us. That's listed under the NIH. Adrenochrome, that's not true. It's C9H9NO3. This is a... Um, chemical compound that is absolutely listed has been around in modern science since the 1930s you can actually there's a synthetic form and there's a, a regular uh, 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 natural form which is caused by torturing little kids 
Now, again, you know, so my point is that right there, now you could dispute that. Like, I'm not even sure how you go about proving that in every in, in, in any circumstance. But let's be clear. It's not it's this is it's, this is just like one, two and three. If you're talking about an, an organ that would produce adrenaline, well, then obviously that would be a very specific p- production when you're terrified. Right. Like that's exactly what would happen. So, I'm, again, I just don't even understand why people are so quick to put it. It honestly seems as as suspicious as pushing back on child trafficking in general. I'm not saying we have to go, yep, that's absolutely true all the time, but it's quite clear that that's something that's physically possible, right? So I'm just kind of, it's odd to me that, there, that there's such a pushback unless there's something weird behind that, but that we shouldn't assume that either. But what he says afterward is pretty interesting. To get their adrenaline up, essentially, and then remo- extracting it from them. Um, when you sit and meet, and, and so I brought this up a few years ago and all of a sudden I was attacked by every media. Look it up. It's, it's there. They absolutely went after me. And the next day, um, I never heard from my agents, my agency for 14 months. Uh, my lawyers let me go. Uh, my agency never called me after that. And essentially I was done. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? Now, why would that make sense? So you go out and you say something that is your opinion based on what people are telling you in in the, you know, people like uh, Ballard and so on, if that's where you got that from. And then you just get dropped across the board. Your agent, the media, like that's pretty suspicious. If I'm being honest, that's very weird. There's, you could argue that they might like chastise and be like, hey, don't go say dumb things if they thought it was wrong. But they just exile him. I, I find that strange. And so when we go and do movies like this, you spend a great deal of time with agents working with them. I didn't realize the connection, though, to my industry and to Epstein Island and all of that. But obviously now, see, here's where and that's that's the end of the clip. So here's where it gets into the problem for some people. Right. I mean, you, you can't connect the dots. Right. And this sounds like to the average mom or whoever's realist who doesn't know as, oh, that's the spe- that's the conspiracy theory. Right. It's so oh, the old Epstein and trafficking. Well, what what what's actually not true about that? Epstein was a child trafficker. Epstein was a pedophile. Epstein was facilitating disgusting things for people in power. Right. I, I, I find it kind of interesting that this just gets I think it tells us something. You guys can decide for yourself. I, I, I just don't, I think there's something obviously unnerving about the way this has been handled. So for me, as you see the FBI manufacturing plots and all this, there, there's clearly something that has been well known. Child trafficking is, is you know, as, as, we, as we've been pointing out for a long time, whether trafficking or any kind, the U.S. country, as the United States as a country, is, is the hot spot. So is Ukraine. Ask yourself why that makes sense. There's obviously, so if, you, if these people are the ones pretending to fight this, how does that make sense? It's being allowed at the very least, and that's something that we need to begin to, to highlight in regard to Epstein and so on. Now, the problem is that you start talking about this and you get censored, just like every other example we've made and just like with him himself. You get cast out of society. Now, why would that make sense? Well, they, it doesn't matter whether you just, well, by the way, just because something is censored does not then mean that it's true. Think about that. But as we see this, it has to do with all these topics. It has to do with the idea of trafficking. It has to do with the idea of foreign policy or of COVID-19, of everything we're talking about, because we are having an effect, and they don't like that. They don't like losing control of the narrative, so they're stomping their feet and saying, it's my ball. I'm going home, right? Well, screw it then. We're just going to turn it off. (laughs) That's how this works. That shows you that they're desperate.
EU digital commissioner is threatening to shut down social media platforms in the event of unrest. So all they're really doing is going, look, we are going to just pull the plug. So you guys can't, because we can't control this. If you guys are able to talk to each other, we lose every time, which is we keep seeing over and over. But this is happening. It's already coming. Twitter, TikTok, all of it. And they're, Elon's pretty much already argued that he's going to allow that to happen. Now, I'm not saying I know that's going to. Maybe he's, maybe it's all a big ploy. But I think it's pretty obvious so far that this is what Twitter, Twitter was a lie. Or the new direction. And I'll make a point about that in a second. Freddie Pontone points this out. In the on this is just right here. I'll just read it to you. What they're saying is that this is going to happen in France in particular. What exactly will change on August 25th? He says very simple things from August 25th. Europe European law will apply to these platforms. Meaning that when there is hateful conduct who calls for revolt or killing individuals, as we've seen. Burning cars. Right. Of course, no conversation about whether or not there was Asia provocateurs or actions there, which I think are it's without question. But it says they'll be forced to delete those instantly. If they don't, they'll be penalized. Right. So it doesn't matter whether it's right, truth, correct, accurate, doesn't matter. They've decided before it starts, you can't post things that we don't think are accurate. Well, what if, what are the things that they still don't think are accurate? You know, that vaccines are hurting people, that these things cause myocarditis, that East Palestine is still suffering, that, you know, that there's biology. All these things are right now actively being censored in all walks of life around the world. And we know that they're wrong. I don't need to prove this to you guys. You already know this. So all they're saying is we are removing your ability to have free speech and the narrative. Well, look at what YouTube has already been doing. And a lot of them, they said it in their terms of service. You're not allowed to challenge historic events. Well, they lie to us every, like, a matter of policy. We, we are goose-stepping into 1984 right now. And that's as we all seem to see it. That's what's crazy to me. But it says we have teams in place to intervene immediately. If they don't act immediately, then yes, we'll be able to not only find them, but ban them from operating in our territory. So that, that means Twitter will either have to face losing all of the European market or do what they tell them. And again, he's already basically said that that would happen. He says, do we have the means? Of course we can. He says the law will do it. Not one person, one state, one board of directors. It's our law with a specific board. It says, but believe me, the interventions are going to be extremely rapid. First of all, it's an ex ante regulation. That means that the platforms will have to demonstrate to us that they have taken steps to apply the law, including with the case we've lived through. Because there are invisible algorithms. So what he's saying is we need to go through and and update, edit, airbrush the reports on France that what just went down. That's what he just said. So we including what we just went through. So they're gonna demand that Twitter go through and remove the things that they've decided aren't true. Can we trust them? Clearly not. Who push those highly viral content on top because they create ad revenue. Again, this is just this clumsy talk, like as if that people lying about what's going on or it's just all about making money, which certainly it is to some degree. But you know what? The ones that do that and do make money are the ones that are being allowed. We see that right now across the board on Twitter. All these people pushing all this fake stuff and lies and, and towing the line, having entire Twitter spaces about the line about, you know, what's going on in Ukraine. And, it's, it, and nobody seems to care about that. Right. But the problem is that they don't want you coming out and saying, oh, it looks like there's more going on with France. Looks like there's something actually about Macron and, you know, and, and, and U.S. foreign policy. But, you know, that's that's the problem. You see, 
even if you can prove it. Which is why we're doing blank tests. They must hire, of course. They said it will be done by humans. Meta, Facebook, Instagram. I went to see Zuckerberg 15 days ago in California with my teams. He confirmed he had 1,000 people to deal with the issue. So the platforms are getting ready. So yes, from August 25th, and what I told him was that given the situation, I regretted that they hadn't implemented it before, but they told me they were working on it. All right, well, welcome to, you know, the age of complete top-down information control. And here is Rene DiRista, you know, one of these highly respected, ridiculous disinformation experts who, who are literally who is openly telling you that, well, it's not whether you, like, their whole point has been that it's disinformation, misinformation is different. You know, you can accidentally be wrong or you can try to misinform, right? Well, she's basically admitting that we don't care about that. We set a narrative and then we control that narrative. Paraphrasing. Oh, and that is why you say there's not really a point to distinguishing between misinformation and disinformation. Uh, Because, yeah, I mean, we are in a moment now where the the line between malice and delusion is an illusion. There's a word we used to have, rumors, right? Rumors. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes rumors are true, like myocarditis. Right. Like masks not working, like these things not stopping transmission, you know, that you guys all screeched about and and half of you still call fake news. Amazingly, the point is that they're they're telling you, we, look, we just take down narratives. So they're straight up telling you that you're not allowed to say what you want if it goes against what they have set as the narrative. There is no such thing as free speech on these platforms. If they step in, that's already happening. And by the way, I think we already know that that's been a long since been gone. Well, here's something else on Twitter, by the way. I don't even know what this was. I just pulled it aside because I saw this. This is also happening. The media has disabled, has th- this media has been disabled in response to a report by the copyright owner. I've never even seen that before, but you know, this is happening. This is interesting to me. So now they're taking down videos because somebody argued, this is like YouTube all over again, where you got arbitrary copyright infringement that just, you know, I look, I, you can, I, I recommend a lot of James Corbett's work on this topic. I think copyright is, is, is something that we should be moving past anyway. But, you know, the point is, how do we even know that's true? This could just be another tactic to hide things they don't want us to see because you don't get to look at it. And, and two last points on Twitter in general. Merrick Garland, U.S. Attorney General, says Jenna Wilson has been arrested and held without bail on federal hate crime charges. This stems from an incident on the airline when she called a black passenger not a real person. Oh, no, our Department of Justice will never tolerate such discrimination and dehumanization. To which everybody down here got so upset. How dare you? You should be fired. Well, these, all these new ones up top are different. <laughs> if you scroll through here, you're going to be blown away by the fact that most people seem to have taken this at face value. Now, to be, I guess, somewhat fair, on your phone, that doesn't get seen. Right. It just kind of crops it out. and You only see the first part. But that doesn't really matter, though, does it? That's the whole point, because people are looking at things and repeating and sharing. And I'm talking high level people, corporate media, independent, because they agree with it. And you know why I think that's happening? I mean, more than it's always been happening, but more than ever, the Twitter files. 
as we keep telling you, as Steve and I have been harping about, that we, people have been trained to take things at face value with no source material, right? So this came out, and it's fake. It's a parody account, and people fell for it. Now, my point is, it's not even just about this account. There's one for AOC. People would look at this and share it or comment, and all they had to do was fully look at it, check the account, find out if it's real. Now, it's a, such a, it's a small point. It's not even about this actual point. It's about the larger reality that people are choosing to do so, and I, I think we, I have a new term for this. If you are gullible enough to fall for these parody accounts, which, by the way, some people are freaking out about, that they're, that's somehow hurting everything by allowing parody accounts. It literally says parody in the name. It's your fault if you fall for this. And, you know, the comments are full of people that fell for it. I say, then you chose to take at face value an online image with some text, <laughs> with no due diligence. We should all laugh at how dumb that is. Just like the Twitter files. I have a new name for this now. You just got Twitter filed. I'm going to say that for any you know, going forward. It probably won't become a thing because people are so weirdly caught in the two-party paradigm. And there's so many people that just don't want to admit this never turned out the way it was we're promised. We've seen no source material. The Fauci files never came around. And we're all just 40 yards, you know, 40 miles down the road on a new topic. All the people that were shouting us down saying, you don't understand. He's fighting for free speech. He's going to give you the source material, you idiot. <laughs> well, have the courage to stand up and be like, I was wrong. It didn't happen. Twitter filed. That's happening everywhere right now. People are just responding and falling for it. Yakarino said something I want to make fun of. She said, our commitment to our community is simple and clear. Maintain free expression, unless you say the wrong things, and make Twitter a safe space for everyone. Okay. Read your audience, Linda. What's funny is that if they're arguing this is all about a right-wing platform, like that's the last thing people are actually... But regardless of the statements and the terms, it says we remain committed to maintaining free speech on Twitter maintaining free speech today more than 99.99 percent of tweets and impressions are from healthy content okay so it's there's there's metrics and there's there's limitations how is that free speech right you're going free speech hooray but look most of our content aligns with what we think it should be <laughs> how do you even make that statement without laughing at yourself my point was this make twitter a safe space for everyone well first that's not possible we're not in kindergarten here, especially not without censorship, clearly, which you are currently making clear because they're still censoring. They never stopped working with the ADL, removing hate speech, trans conversations, all still COVID information, still being censored. It says, second, Twitter is not maintaining free speech like it's some jalopy, some utility. At best, you don't violate it. At worst, it's happening. Right. I mean, think about the way you're framing it. It's the idea that they give you rights. You don't maintain free speech. It is exi it exists or it doesn't. And that's how they play this game. But I said, and I followed up. Well, and by safe, they simply mean not offensive, guys. That's all that means, which is there's no physical action on Twitter. Right. Which is why I said it's not possible. Someone will always take offense to something. We clearly see that today. There is no risk at all from people's words unless you choose to allow them to affect you everything else is already covered under the law so i'm not suggesting that there's not people that are you know like lulling people into trafficking for example that clearly still happens on twitter my point is that's already covered under the law you don't need twitter censoring to stop or hold those people accountable in fact it's almost better that you can like there's all these pedophile catchers that we're seeing hope glad, gladly getting more attention these days that quite I, I actually think i have an example later in the show actually i think i need to speed up so i can make my time point today but the idea is that there people get caught for 
trying to so you know trick children into meeting them and so on. If it was relegated to some dark corner somewhere, it'd be much harder to catch them, wouldn't it? The point is the law is already present. So by safe space, they just mean censorship, guys. That's what that means. While they actually clearly don't care about any of the conversations of child trafficking or any of this stuff because it's almost being facilitated by most of these platforms. And then lastly, I thought this was interesting. Apparently, Tim Pool just got five, $6,000 from Twitter. Doesn't surprise me at all for ad revenue. As I told you, not going to happen for us. I'm shocking. I can't believe. I did. I, obviously, we knew this wouldn't happen. Despite all the ads, which seem constant on T-Lab content on Twitter, having the blue check, which I clearly do. You can see it right there. But again, I've never paid for this. As I've made clear a thousand times over, I did sign up for it in the very beginning because I promised I would if I miraculously got my account back, which I never thought would happen. I did. And then never paid for it. They never charged me. And here we are. I think it's, I think there's a reason for that. I think it's because the allowance of things like subscriptions and all the different things that come along with that, I guess I'm just not, they don't want me to have those things because I've reached out 14 times just to see if it could happen. I want subscriptions. I want people to, why not? I want to fund T-Lab through this if I can get to, because there's a lot of people here. But despite all the ads on the platform and the blue check, T-Lab will apparently not be receiving any funds from Twitter since they are literally pretending I don't have a check. As ridiculous as that sounds, it's what's happening. I have emailed to no avail. Feels intentional, quite frankly, but hard to say for sure. But of course, you know, these kind of platforms that are leaning into the, well, here, here's $6,000 more to continue misinforming people. But let's jump over into foreign policy. An important topic, especially because it's amazing how much is allowed to take place, especially as right now they point at you, well, the very government acting like you're a problem is breaking every law you can imagine everywhere around the world that we don't want to talk about. Phony opposition, the truth about the BRICS. I wanted to point this out to start actually on this topic because somebody emailed me today. I really appreciate the email, by the way. Very like I, I, you know, what's funny is people that don't like me, I guess, try to frame it as somehow that, you know, criticism is something that I respond negatively to. It depends. Sometimes clearly people just respond. I, I respond sometimes like anybody can. The point though, is that what I have an issue with is people that reach out and say, you're an idiot. It's like, how do you think I'm going to respond? How did you miss this, you stupid fool? Like, obviously, it's going to be like, well, you're dumb, and I don't want to talk to you. The point is, if people reach out and say, hey, Ryan, I, you know, the, the, I, I believe you misinterpreted this. Here's something that I think is happening. Maybe you should, I, I love that. That's exactly why I do this, and anybody that does follow this is well aware of that. I absolutely almost enjoy when my ideas are challenged to the point to where it, I realize something different. I'm not hell-bent on maintaining what I think is that. I'm hell-bent on finding the truth. That's it. So why I'm saying that is because somebody reached out to me and made a point about, um, said something about bricks and a few other things. And I actually, I'm thinking about another email too, is why I said that. But this one was about the idea of whether or not I, I am seeing bricks as the solution, right? Or, or the counterbalance to the bad guy. Now, I just want to be very clear. That's the exact opposite of how I see this. Now, what this comes from is people that are in the two-party paradigm, largely, that hear this and think that I'm like pro-China, and then they, they reflexively respond from their two-party illusion ignorance, I would argue, because that's not what I'm saying. What I'm pointing out in this when I talk about this, or Matt Arrett's articles, for example, is that this is a, the other side of the argument. You've got the China and Russia and India now, all these different people on the other side arguing that they want the multipolar order, <clears throat> whereas the U.S. is literally talking about the, the, the globalization discussion. 
where it's a, a world government and they dictate, which is what the WHO and the UN are all basically doing. Even though we know Russia and China are involved in that same thing, which is interesting. What I think is most important about BRICS is simply showing you that there is another discussion in regard to having, and that I don't believe China and Russia have your interest in mind or their own peoples. They have the interest of their own agenda in mind. But what I think is important is whether or not China and Russia are doing something in your best interest is the argument that we should be striving for a multipolar concept, wherein the respective peoples of their countries, not the governments, can dictate what that future will look like for their own country. Everybody should want that. Is that what Russia and China are trying to do? I don't believe that for a second. And that's why I want you to read this article. I've re- I've re- I think I've even shared this before in the past. This is a great article. The point is, as Corbett makes, that at the end of the day, it's sort of an interview, but at the end of the day, or it is an interview, at the end of the day, I, it's the way I look at this is the same way Corbett sees it, is it, it's, it's two different gangs fighting for control the way they see it. Now, why we would support one authoritarian government just because they have a different flavor of control versus the other side, it, it's crazy to me. But that doesn't mean I don't understand why this appeals to certain people. And at the same time, maybe it's just like you might hope that Trump is going to do the right thing. Why would we not hope that they're fighting for good things? It's the same thing. Because from people's mind, trapped in the two-party paradigm, there is no – if you hope China is a good guy, let's say, which I don't think that's remotely possible, that you are somehow the problem. But why would you hope that they're not? See, that's because you're getting trapped in the two-party illusion conversation where you have to see it as China bad guy. Well, because Steve Bannon said so, because the narrative is very clearly. And, and the problem is that we obviously should want that. Just like wouldn't you want hope that, let's say, the U.S. government is fighting for globalization because they want your life to be great. <laughs> obviously, that's not true. But let's just say we were forced into it anyway. Wouldn't you hope that would be the case? You get my point, right? We should hope for the best thing, even as we know it's not the case, right? The problem is that so many people are so on guard to what they're seeing as they've been conditioned to see as the other side, the bad guy, the Russia bad guy, the China bad guy. None of these governments want your freedom, guys. They want to control your lives. But pointing at bricks and the alternative side of this is an obvious counterbalance to the globalization. I just think we need to flesh out the ideas and not hyper-focus on the governments pushing them for their control over your life. Like, the problem is that it's impossible to explain all of that in a passing point on a show. And that gets plucked out by people that want to misrepresent you, and that's how this gets played. And honest people fall for it. I just thought it was important to make that argument so we understand that it's all about governments trying to control you in very, very clear ways. And we just have to always consider that while hoping for the best in regard to how this goes forward. I still maintain at the end of the day, it's about the individual peoples. I, I, you got the peoples of their countries need to decide for themselves what they want their next steps to be. And you, and is that it's going to be, it's going to be convoluted and problematic because there will always be power hungry people trying to step in and control that process. As somebody in the chat points out, they're, they're claiming to plan on a gold backed currency, right? For example, now, I, I, I've also seen that, but I'm just waiting for it to actually flesh out. But why would we just be against that? See, this is the same kind of point. You're going to have Republicans that are going to be so aggressively against any of this because what they're saying is that the gold back currency is going to be a CBDC or whatever the argument is. Sure, let's wait for the facts. How about that? And then when it comes out, we can address it properly. If it's a CBDC, that's the last thing we're going to support. If it's a gold back currency, quite frankly, I don't care who's putting it forward. I will think that's an interesting thing to support. 
because I think that's better than what we're currently dealing with. But at the same time, I'm willing to bet you my life it'll be put in a way that will benefit China over everybody else. And that should be concerned. You see my point? It's just very strange to me how hyper-focused people are. And I think it's because politics, as always. But here is an interesting point to get into foreign policy about Russia and Cuba. I found this to be an interesting point. And what this speaks to is the larger idea in general, right? That there's a lot of people in the world that maybe don't see the bad side to the other argument that are just so very acutely aware of how bad U.S. foreign policy is, what they've done to foreign countries, what they've done to the peoples. And now they're leaning in a different direction. And guess what happens? Russia and China, well, they lean into that. I've never thought that means that they want good things for everybody, but Russia clearly, as I've been saying for, what, 10 years now, is very clearly aware that by playing that role, and look, I'm not, it certainly could be that they are just that. I don't really think that, to be quite honest, but playing the role of the good guy, stepping in and playing the, I support and defend what's going on in Syria. I stand up and, and I show restraint where U.S. wouldn't. I think it's a very smart tactic to basically play that role when it's so very obvious that people are becoming aware of what the U.S. government really is. I think that's a very strategically smart point. Just something to think about. But Russia's warship, as Story 13 points out, suddenly found near Cuba. It says the correspondent of one of America's medias, media of, one, of the American media is outraged. Which is funny to me is I looked this up and I said, okay, wait a minute. Well, he definitely has gray hair, but you can see that the warship, it looks, it's, and it's, it's interesting because it seems like an old video. So I thought, was this, is this somebody repackaged as we see all the time? And I looked up and I said, well, this does appear to be a new article. Here's the actual article itself. This is from July 13th. But what's funny to me is what I found out is this is how this game is played. It's, I think this has happened, what, three times over where they just, right now the story is, oh my God, he, I can't believe it. A Russian ship is in Cuba and it's a big deal. And we'll, well, guess what? This is from 2015. Russian spy ship docks in the Cuban harbor. At first, I thought it was the same ship. It's not. That was where I was going with it. But then find out that it's not. It's, it's actually a weirdly common story. Where, okay, if it was, it, the question I, what I'm getting at is, or rather the point I'm getting at is, I, thought, I think it's interesting that these same old things resurface and then ask ourselves whether or not there's even more coordination to this than we realize. What, in what other circumstance does a Russian ship dock anywhere even remotely near U.S.? anything and that's not like the meltdown story of the century this just seems to be kind of a passing story that's happened more than once and it's interestingly timed i just find that odd listen to what he says look at at this naval ship it's right over my shoulder it's a russian warship here in the harbor in havana and what's it doing about 90 miles from the united states well that may have to do with the war in Ukraine because Cuba is one of the few countries that is increasingly defending Russia's invasion of Ukraine, saying it is NATO's fault, not Russia's. And Russia has responded by sending Cuba oil, food, even promising to build beachside hotels. Cuban officials have said that they would like to have good relations with the United States, but they, they, like Russia, are under U.S. economic sanctions. And meanwhile, Russia is coming and offering them this economic assistance, so really for Cuba, it's an easy choice. Yeah. I mean, think about what he just said. So Cuba is constantly under U.S. attack. It's been, what, decades. Nonstop sanctions, manipulation. I mean, if good, good thing John Bolton doesn't have any real power right now because that he's frothing at the mouth about Cuba. But Russia, whether or not you see them as actually the good guy or even just doing right, they step in and they say, well, look, we're willing to help you. We're not going to strong arm you. But again, same thing I make about China and Africa. 
I have no doubt that they do this in a way that it wildly benefits their their agenda, to even to the point to where they you know lean a little bit on them and say, well, you know, but it, who knows? But at the end of the day, it's something that is actually beneficial for Cuba, versus the U.S. says, do what you're told. <laughs> What do you think is going to happen? And then, of course, when it happens, they argue Russia is manipulating Cuba. Is that what's happening? Like, we need to start being real with ourselves about what this government truly is, what they all are, for that matter, and recognize that your government is pretty much writing the book on how to be dishonest, manipulative, and illegal, and rampantly lawless. We need to be real about this, otherwise nothing will ever change. I just find that ridiculous. So, into the Ukraine discussion. This came out on the 11th. The White House looks to prevent oversight of Ukraine aid. <laughs> you know, it's just like they don't, it's like they want you to know what's happening. I really do think it's almost embarrassing. It's like, well, why would you want no oversight? <laughs> Literally, like we're talking about white phosphorus and cluster munitions and chemicals and all those, and chemical weapons. And then like, oh, let's, let's, let's stop looking. Nobody pay attention to the man behind the curtain. What do you think that shows people? It shows you that they're doing something illegal. They don't want you to know what's happening because they are funding one of the most authoritarian extremist groups on the planet right now. And all the rest of them beneath that also being funded by the U.S. government, just in case you were confused. That's real, guys. It's obvious. There's no question. And they are telling you we don't want you to know what's happening anymore. You know, how they're, they're using your money, don't you? That, that's the reality. But this is not new. We just talked about this. The U.S. was already, this was the new one. This is from July. They were, oh, we're going we're gonna to now send cluster munitions. Well, too late. That's already happened. The US, they were caught using them, at least from my perspective, back on April 19th, 2022. Easy to prove. Well, we also have examples of them using white phosphorus. Now, what's weird is you'll find every single thing you can prove. And what I mean prove is you can have their actual, uh, I think this might have been, uh, a, a different image I used from a different place. But the point was, you can the video we do have, which I played on the show, and you can clearly see them using white phosphorus. Now, you don't get that on the other side. What I was going to say is that every single thing you see accused of Ukraine, you get all these articles written by the Ukrainians arguing Russia did that. <laughs> Ukraine's accused Russia of white phosphorus. Ukraine's accused Russia of cluster bombs. But you don't have any evidence other than saying that. In no way am I saying that means it's not true. I'm simply saying you have only an allegation from a group that's been caught lying endless amount of times during this process. Whereas on the other side, you actually have video evidence. You can work that out for yourself. The point is, it's obvious this has been happening the whole time. I guess I opened that twice. This one is from 2019. Israel caught using white phosphorus on Lebanese village. Nobody cared then either. Nothing new. Seeing as how Israel's been arming these Nazis in Ukraine for a long time, U.S. drops banned white phosphorus on ISIS in East Syria. Well, you might not care because it's ISIS, but it's still, still a war crime. It doesn't matter. U.S. jets strike Syrian town with banned white phosphorus bombs. This was 2018. Oh, and then just again, in case you forgot which, what we just covered, this is from 2018 Global Research. Banned weapons have been used in every single war theater in U.S. history. Ever, or, well, I, that, I would actually agree with that, but this one's post 9-11. U.S. banned chemical weapons. They've used banned chemical weapons, biological weapons, radiological weapons, incendiary weapons, cluster munitions every single time. And most of the time, it's just a narrative, if they even dare to dismiss it. Well, here's something that might make you a little more scared when you realize that they're sending all these dangerous things to people that are not just openly telling you exactly what they are, which I'll show you a video next, but that even the world supposed leaders, when caught by these comedians that seem to fool every major one, like this is so embarrassing how these 
comedians pretend to be Zelensky. And I don't know how these world, this is, this is Kissinger. This has happened to so many people. Do they not have verification? Are you literally just assuming that apparently so fake Zelensky calls Kissinger and guess what he says? He admits that he thought Zelensky sabotaged Nord Stream. This is very real. And yet, it won't even matter. Nobody will care. They're going to go, oh, fake Zelensky. He probably knew. <laughs> no, guys, that we, everything we're put forward about the, this is the wag the dog kind of theater. But here's what he really thinks. Nord Stream 2. An off How do you think? Who is behind? Who is behind of explosion of Nord Stream two? Who is guilty? How do you think? I, I frankly I thought you were. Really? You think that we? No, no. But I didn't blame you. Hmm. Wow. Do we not realize? I mean, this is the behind the curtain, guys. This isn't. This alone should be enough to show people that we are actively being fed an entire illusion. But I, but I didn't accuse you on the stage. I didn't tell anybody though. I just assumed it was you. Just, it's just. It, I mean, it speaks for itself. <laughs> it's. I just wish people were adults enough to realize how obvious all this is, and I mean that in regard to the two-party illusion, because there are people that will just flat out dismiss this because they've already been told they're supposed to. Very sad. And Josh, Josh Wacko shares this. I just think this is exactly spot on. Here's an image in the background for the podcast. You saw all these old articles about Manuel, Emmanuel Noriega, about Gaddafi, about Saddam Hussein. And you get, you get the point. All the U.S. puppets that were used and then, then suddenly became the worst bad guy ever right after that. Well, Zelensky's next in line. Or more specifically, I would say, including Libya, that it's just people that get Regime changed. <laughs> I was right word for it. But, you know, they get they get a little taste of U.S. freedom. It's coming next. Zelensky's going to be the one, if need be, thrown under the bus because that's what happens. Here is, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> a member of parliament in Germany calling out exactly what NATO is. She's saying. She's saying, whenever there is a talk about NATO, the following three myths are spread. First myth, NATO is a defensive ally. It's a lie. But was it not NATO that waged war in violation of international law in Yugoslavia? Yes, they did. Bombing civilians, television stations, and the Chinese embassy. Uh-huh. That's an important point, guys. That was multiple bombs at the Chinese embassy. Multiple bombs. It wasn't a wayward missile like they argue. If you remember this story, it's, it's a, this is terrorism, guys. That's what this government does, or governments. Wasn't it NATO that waged war in Afghanistan for 20 years with hundreds of thousands of civilian deaths and war crimes? Yes, they were. This is the shifting perception of the world. This is why they're scared right now. It is all, is all of this called defense? Well, according to Israel, it is. Preemptive self-defense, that's the Bethlehem doctrine, and that's how they get away with this, at least in their minds. Second myth, NATO is an alliance of democracies and the rule of law. Obviously false. This is already historically an outright lie. 
One need only recall NATO member Portugal with the fascist Salazar regime and its brutal colonial wars in Africa. Of course, if NATO does it, then it's not a crime, right? I mean, you don't need to point out any of them. Turkey in Syria, U.S. in Syria, any number of these locations they're currently legally occupying. All of us are crime. The illegal wars of the U.S. and its allies have cost the lives of four and a half million people in the last 20 years alone. Quite frankly, I think the number is like three or four times larger than that when you really break it down and then realize the numbers they show you when they argue why this was necessary. They have killed more people by and large than anything they claim they're fighting against. And then you can also realize that the very group they pretend they're fighting against has been armed and funded and created by their own intelligence apparatus. According to the analysis of the renowned Brown University in the U.S., is this what commitment to international law looks like? Third myth, NATO defends human rights. And this, while in Guantanamo detainees continue to be tortured, or while the journalist Julian Assange is facing 175 years in prison in the U.S. for making public war crimes committed by NATO members of the U.S., How do we read this? I mean, not, nothing can be disputed in this. Like, uh, maybe outside of the framing of whether or not they fight for those things. But what she's pointing out is undeniable. They did do that. They did illegally bomb Yugoslavia. They did illegally occupy Afghanistan. How do we pretend this isn't exactly what it looks like? She says it couldn't get any more mendacious than, than this. The truth is simple. Whoever is a member of NATO participates in a warfare alliance that aims at expansion and tramples on international law and human rights. Whoever is a member of NATO loses his democratic sovereignty, which is also true. It's, it, think about that in the context of WHO, what they're doing right now. It's the same game from a medical standpoint, because it is always the USA that he, he, hegemonically enforces its its. Interests And whoever is a member of NATO sacrifices the social security of his population by the massive policy of high armament. Every fifth child in our country is now poor, but the German military budget grows and grows. This is a disgrace. It is high time to dissolve the murderous military pact. Now think about this in the context of the FBI conversation, right? There will be people that will lose their minds about how un-American and un, you know, the anti-freedom it is to remove. How dare you call for undismantling the NATO? This is keeping everybody safe and it's, sol it's solving terrorism. And Same game, isn't it? You could say a lot of those things and it simply comes down to a different perception. But what doesn't come down to a different perception is the illegal actions you can prove, right? The illegal actions you can prove the FBI have done, have created, manufactured false events tried to put people in prison that weren't criminals. Same thing here. You can prove that they illegally bombed these locations, illegally occupied. You don't. The narrative is one thing, but what you can prove is pretty obvious. So that's what it comes down to. So get ready for the push from the other side to argue that this is un-American. Un it's un, you know, anti-freedom. It's pro-terrorism. That's how the, you're with us or against us. That's how this game is played. After 78 years, it is time for the USA to withdraw its troops, including nuclear weapons, from Germany. Don't forget. All the way since World War II, they are literally still occupying that country. But of course, the you know German government, which is completely co-opted, is absolutely pretending like that's a choice. What we need is peace, not NATO. Well said. Well said. Well, here's a video about what they're 
funding and protecting in Ukraine right now. Right, so take what she just said and think about the newest arm of this absolute lunacy. She writes, I see Nazis in Ukraine is trending, which it was, and of course then gets very quickly removed. Remember when the MS, the mainstream media had reported on this before the invasion in February, you know, when it happened, as we keep showing you, like literally on a dime, that earlier that very month before they invaded Ukraine, they were pointing out how it was all overrun with Nazis. I still maintain the exact argument. This is about creating this illusion. It's about creating the idea that the Nazi problem, the right-wing terrorists, it was all coming from outside, and Russia was creating it from Ukraine, and that got exploded. That got blown up, you know, theoretically, the point being that it's, you know, uh, not, obviously, the narrative got exposed, is what I'm saying. I think that's an important thing to realize. And so now, they had to switch into saying, well, no, wait, wait, you misunderstand, (laughs) Well, here is a time correspondent in Ukraine in 2019 investigating the very thing they swear doesn't exist. And even now, they argue didn't exist then. Make sense of that. If you read their coverage right now, they'll pretend this changed back in 2014. So were they lying at this point? Well, that's possible too, but it shows you how dishonest these people are. Symbols on their flags have been especially controversial. And don't forget, this is corporate media, right? This, This is... Time Magazine correspondent. Says it combines the letters I and N for idea of nation, but extremism experts see it as an emblem of Nazism. The official symbol of Azov, it's a version of Wolfsangel. It was one of the um, symbols of one of uh, SS division during the World War II. It is one of uh, more or less usual symbols for neo-Nazi groups all over the world. And it's not just about their symbols. When it was founded in 2014, Azov drew many of its commanders and recruits from Ukraine's most notorious far-right groups, including outright neo-Nazis. We basically recruited everyone who could hold weapons in their hand when Ukrainian state was paralyzed and the defense of Ukrainian state was totally in the hand of Ukrainian volunteers. So there were many war adventurers, um, uh, guys who believed that uh, they are uh, on kind of ideological tour to save maybe uh, the future of the West and so on and so forth. So the, f- the future of the white race? Or, yes, yes. Azov's paramilitary wing is now a major fighting force, with its own bases and training grounds near the front lines of the war against pro-Russian forces. After the veterans parade... Isn't that ridiculous? So in 2019, they, they were all, they had expanded and all over the place. Now they argue, no, it was a small little battalion that no longer exists. You can't make up how stupid these people are. Like how do we, they, or rather how dumb they think we are. We can't literally just look at their previous coverage compared to today. And don't, she just told you what I keep telling you. On the record, they're telling you that they want to spread the white race around the world. Like, that's their state. This is what your government, who is actively pretending they're fighting a war against white supremacy, is actively funding right now. How you just can't make up this kind of stupidity. In Kiev, I interviewed Andrei Bilecki, who founded the Azov movement in 2014. Охраны общественного порядка на улице. Мы создаем отряды самообороны, которые помогают поддерживать порядок на улицах. Right. Nazis. Neo-Nazis, Nazis, fascists, all different elements, they all actively exist. Michael Lebed, who is the 
kind of the beginning of this in regard to the Organization for Ukrainian Nationalists, 1948 and before, all the way forward to now, using Prologue and CIA. It's an operation, Project Aerodynamic. This is what they were doing. Now, they just reported this in 2000. They said in Ukraine 2019, investigating the Nazi problem. You just saw the work. The, the whole thing is exactly like that. We're, that we're concerned. These are Nazi symbols. They're talking about spreading the white race, white race around the world. And one year before that, and all the way into this and beyond, Israel was arming them. Explain that. Rights groups, this is from Haaretz. Rights groups demand Israel stop arming neo-Nazis in Ukraine. 2018. Openly espoused neo-Nazi ideology. Azov militia. The U.S. the U.S. government, the Israeli government are openly and were and continue to arm and fund and support open neo-Nazis and yet call you a Nazi. Make sense of it. Well, here is, without the name, the exact embodiment of what we'd establish or associate with something like that. Here is a Jerusalem city councilman openly calling for ethnic cleansing, even using the term Nakba now. Now, that is exactly what that Nakba is, the ethnic cleansing of Palestinians from the area. That's what they're calling for. Yantan Yosef is openly marching into people's homes. They're calling for ethnic cleansing. That's, this is the most fascist government that Israel's ever seen. Even their own human rights groups are calling them that. This is Zionism in its clearest manifestation. This is what the U.S. and European politicians fund and coddle. This is the Jewish state. This, this, this is what, and I'll show you the videos themselves, where they're marching through the towns, calling, we want Nakba now. That's him right there. He's responsible for denying thousands and thousands of Palestinian building permits applications. Now, that's the game they play here, right? Where they've displaced these people from their homes from decades ago, all the way up until right now, and then... Come back again 10 years later after they've built a home in the place that they pushed them into and then go, oh, you don't have a permit. And you can even prove that they've been filing permits every year for the last 10 years and they keep getting denied. And then they come in and go, you don't have a permit. Get out. We're taking your town, your, your area. This is happening right now. Your government knows this. The world seems to know this. And the only people that care are people with a heart, people with feelings. The rest of people that don't care are either blinded by their own politics or complete sociopaths because this is disgusting. The audacity of a settler living on a stolen Palestinian land to say we should pay rent to the U.S. registered settler organizations to live in our own homes. This is happening on a daily basis. Electric, electric, electronic Intifada covered this. An Israeli elected official posed with the state's flag inside the expelled Palestinian's home and tweeted with it, Nakba now. That's where he was. He was inside of somebody's home because they forced them out of their own home calling for them to be ethnically cleansed. This is the representation of the government that you support? Here is another example of destroying their water wells. You know, because democracy, right? Guys, the Israeli army is destroying water wells for a Palestinian family here in Hebron. They bring two bulldozers to destroy a water well for the family. Family say that this water well exists since 14 years and there is their farms and plants that they are using the water for it and for the family and just right here you can see the construction and creator by settlement continue and the expansion of the settlement continue nobody thinks this is legal the un 
even the U.S. pushed back on Israel the last couple of years saying, look, you got to pause on this. And they said no. So who, clearly there's nobody dictate. They, 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 they asked them to, even though they know it's against the law. You know, look, the allegation of this kind of crime in a, in a bad guy country is enough for them to literally create regime change. But over here, we can watch as they just stick their nose up to international law, occupying the Golan Heights, dis- displacing people over and over, continuing to illegally attack people, murder civilians in the streets, and all the while realizing, according to the Geneva Conventions, the Palestinians, as an occupied territory, have the right to armed rebellion. So you can't continue to pretend they fought first. Yeah, they have a legal right to, according to international law. But you see, none of this matters. Because we don't, the governments don't actually care about any of this. It's all about getting you to think that it's a, the, the bad guy. Like, let's not forget, the conversation very shortly, I mean, how, I'm, we're literally talking like a year ago, more than that, was that they were all terrorists and there was no such thing as Palestine. How can an honest person see what's going on today and realize that we can quite literally prove those things are false and stand here and act like any of them were trying to be honest with you? Any of the people of any one of these governments that towed both of those lines. Because it was never about honesty. It never has been. So let's talk about a very concerning discussion. As we're talking about the idea of destroying families and societies, which is what this is about. One of the most concerning things that I just can't seem to get past right now is the conversation of the endocrine disrupting chemicals and the direction of the transgender movement and what this is doing. So I want to finish with this point. But before we get to that, I've got to, I, I wanted to start with this point from RFK Jr. in regard to the, the CN, CNN article, again, about endocrine interrupting chemicals. But just since we went there, I wanted to make one quick point about this that I thought was very interesting. Now, there's a lot of conversation about RFK and you know whether he's honest or genuine or not. And as I've said many times, I think we should I don't even think that's you just have to keep questioning all of them all the time. I think the argument that we're trying to suss it out seems to suggest that at some point we're willing to kind of go, okay, I've decided. This guy is going to be the one. That's, we should never be there ever, ever. You can vote based on the, what seems to be if you think your vote makes a difference, which we should understand by now it doesn't, but realize that if you wanted to, you should base it on what you think are the best policies and, and then continue to question going forward. 30 seconds after that, you realize, oh, wait, I'm going to question even more because he did this thing I don't agree with. My point is simply that the idea of choosing a savior is what one of the biggest problems of the two-party paradigm. The reason I'm saying all this is because all that aside, I still, as I've said many times, think that RFK is hands down the best candidate on the table. Does that mean he's the best if it was an honest system? That's up for you to decide. I have a very big problem with his stance on Israel and a few other things that he's argued. One of them was the conversation of climate change and, and what that entailed. But he made a, an interesting statement here that I think is important. So let's listen to what he has to say, and then you guys can decide for yourselves whether this makes sense or whether this is just a half, you know, a, a manipulation in order to keep the same kind of game going into the guise that some things are true and some aren't. You can listen for yourself. The climate apocalypse use fear to induce something approximating the same kind of level of tyranny, as far as I'm concerned, that characterized the vaccine lockdown. So help me sort that out. First of all, let me just say this about climate. I believe that carbon in the atmosphere and, and methane does increase warming. Look around. You can see it everywhere. I get right there. I don't agree with that. Like, I, I think these have effects. But based on historic understanding of the long-term climate changes, I just don't think... But look, I'm not an expert. Maybe he knows better. But this, the, the point is, I disagree strongly with some of the, uh, the stances he takes on, on the basic idea of climate change, carbon and all of that. 
Like completely disagree. But even with that being the case, what he argues that should be done, like the argument being that I agree that carbon should be removed because it's hurting the planet, but it shouldn't be forced on people. So that's an interesting change. He'll say it right here. Perhaps are melting, et cetera, the Greenland ice sheet. I spent a lot of time outdoors and I see the over 69 years, I've seen the changes and I've seen the, the mass migration of animals, of southern animals like black vultures, the northern increase in their ranges. I've kept track since I was a kid about when the leaves turns and it steadily moved up each year. And so I see that all of my senses are telling me that the warming is occurring. My opinion is basically as I said, it's based on common sense. I agree 100% with you that this crisis is being used as a pretext for clamping down totalitarian controls the same way that the COVID crisis was. And it's the same people. It's intelligence agencies. It's the World Economic Forum. It's the Billionaire's Voice Club at Davos. And it's the same kind of cabal of, of people who are use, who will use every crisis to stratify society toward, you know, greater power for the super rich and uh, greater power for the military, greater power for the intelligence apparatus and less power for everybody else. A war on carbon is not going to solve the problem. If we don't have a habitat left at the end, my approach to energy is using free markets and that not top-down control. We can recover what we had, but we just have to stay out of fear because that is the weapon of tyrants. If you like this video and you... It's interesting. Hey, somebody makes a good point in the chat. He's literally got AirPods in his hair or in his eye, in his in his head, in his ears. Which, I mean, f- from what he does for a living, you'd think that that would be crazy. Those things are wildly dangerous, very clearly cancer causing, along with phones and everything else. But those things are really crazy. The level of of the the energy of the, the I guess radiation, but there's, what's the term I'm looking for that comes off of those things when you actually just use one of those little devices? It's outrageous. Anyway, the point, though, is that so what he says, basically, something I disagree with, but then goes on to say, but, but, you know, that's, but this is used to manipulate you. I was like, okay, well, that's an interesting take on it. I often get very concerned, just like with Trump, which was exactly what happened. He came out and said, 9-11, JFK, conspiracy theory, and then lock her up, and then none of that happened. So is that this? Is this the new step in that direction to use something that we care about? To, to, you know, give you part of it and say, well, but I'm not going to force it. You know, I, that's interesting, right? I don't know. It's up for you to decide. But I do think that we should hope for the best. And and and, and the, the, the point being that we should hope that this is, that maybe he, maybe a reason we can reach and we can prove, prove to him that that's not the case. Or But even then, the argument being that it should be something that is choice. I don't know. I just thought that was an interesting difference than the way a lot of people are framing this conversation, that he's all about climate lockdowns and blah, blah, blah. Maybe. Maybe I, I don't trust any of these people ever. Did you, did you hear me when I said I'm not voting because voting doesn't make a difference? All right. The point before everyone tries to frame is, oh, he's endorsing JFK. And there's so many mis- dishonest people out there trying to use a lot of this. But either way, I found that kind of interesting. Now, here's another part that he was attacked for. And the way that he's being attacked, I also just find interesting because <clears throat> they seem to be giving him attention, right? But at the same time, trying to attack him. And you may, I made the same argument about Trump. I'm still not even sure whether they wanted this person to be in the spotlight or not. I don't know. <laughs> Nonetheless, regardless of RFK, whoever we're focused on, I think it's important to make this point about the way they're trying to undermine this reality. RFK Jr. repeatedly suggests that chemical and water are impacting sexuality of children. Now, even in their title, like, There is a conversation about water, but his point is broad. 
the same way that we're having this conversation, that ED endocrine disrupting chemicals are clearly associated with this and they should be better investigated. That's his point. Of course, they just can't help but make it ridiculous because these people are ridiculous. Democratic president can basically RFK Jr. has repeatedly said unfounded conspiracy theories that man-made chemicals in the environment could be making children gay or transgender. That's not what he said. He said gender dysphoria, which they may want to conflate, but even that community right now is acting like that's not the same thing. So they're behind even the community they pretend they're fighting for, because right now in the trans community, they're telling you that's not true. We don't have disorders. We just choose, except literally every single doctor that is writing down something to get them the treatment they say that they just get to choose has to write down gender dysphoria in order for that to happen. Work that one out. I proved this on the show, the gender dysphoria illusion. They're just quietly, I have them on video going, just write it down. That's just, they need that. Just write down what that, whatever will give them the treatment that they want even though they are expressly saying that they don't have gender dysphoria. It's just so stupid. The point is, are we really debating whether or not endocrine-disrupting chemicals are having an effect on your endocrine system? Hormones. And you then make it, you can argue, well, fertility. So you're saying it's not possible that something that affects your hormones, hormonal system, the regulation and production of, is not possible to cause sexual orientation? I mean, that's a really stupid argument to make. Obviously, that's possible. But you see, it's not about making an argument that makes sense. It's about undermining a candidate. Causing feminization in boys and masculization in girls. Okay. It says experts dispute the claims. Experts. No link there. So I guess we'll just assume. Does that mean one of them? Every expert on the planet? (laughs) You know, it means the people that they got to say what they agree with. That's what it means. And told CNN's K-File his theories that, what is K-File exactly anyway? Is this some kind of debunking platform? It's like, that's all they do these days. It's so pathetic. But it says that his theories that sexual identification and gender confusion among children could be from their exposure to endocrine disruptors found in the environment are completely unfounded, they said. Completely unfounded. You know, despite the four or five peer-reviewed studies that quite literally say that. But otherwise, completely unfounded, according to CNN. So you have to realize people that listen to these platforms are wildly uninformed. In fact, wildly misinformed, intentionally so. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say I know for sure that this Abby Turner and Andrew person know that they're wrong, know that they're misinforming. Quite frankly, I don't care. If you watch and listen to Fox or CNN or any ver- version of the two-party illusion, you are getting, at best, mis-incomplete information. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with your body's hormones and endocrine system. It says it right there. According to the EPA, because we could totally trust them, right? How's East Palestine going? Since such chemicals are commonly found in pesticides and plastics. Oh, is that it, CNN? Or literally everywhere, right? They want you to read that and go, oh, okay, it's in dangerous things that I'm not associating with. No, no, it's in your water. It's in your clothes. It's in the air you're breathing. It's literally everywhere. We're talking dioxins, PFAS, benzene. Yes, atrazine, that's one they want to focus on here because that associates with frogs and Alex Jones and they get to dismiss it. That's how this works. But it's not just plastics and pesticides. It is everywhere. Glyphosate, which is an endocrine disrupting chemical, beyond question, is everywhere, as I've proven repeatedly. <clears throat> but they say, and can affect reproductive functions and increase obesity. That's all they're saying. So all it can do is affect your reproduction and make you fat. That's it. Is that all your endocrine system does? No. So then why does that make Because that's what we're telling you. Okay, got it. Kennedy on multiple occasions misconstrued 
endocrine disruptors studied ability to cause some male frogs to become female and produce viable eggs. So they are like clumsily, and I mean really clumsily, shoehorning this in to the one focal point of atrazine, frogs, and Alex Jones. Which, by the way, wasn't even really what he was getting into. He wasn't talking about just frogs. He did mention atrazine, but he's just simply talking about the fact that EDCs in water and elsewhere can potentially lead to this, which is verifiable. And this is where this goes. Now, if you're missing the larger point, we're talking about gender dysphoria potentially, in some cases, being triggered or caused by the fact that these chemicals are in high amounts in a diet or environment of a child. I'll get to the science in a second. It's not debatable. Every time? Well, I don't know. But can it? Yes. And all they're going to point out is that, well, male frogs producing eggs, suggesting these chemicals could have similar effects on children. Well, no. There are studies that literally do that on children. I guess they just missed that in their extensive due diligence. I always love saying that. CNN spoke to multiple experts who said there is no link between EDCs and gender and sexuality. You know, aside from the four different peer-reviewed studies. Experts said, like, who are they talking to? The baseless claim that chemicals, particularly in tap water, could turn people gay, which is that's not even what they're saying. So this went from gender dysphoria to turning people gay. You know why? Because in the same paragraph, you know who they mention. That's gained popularity with conspiracy theorists over the years, most memorably from Alex Jones, which I've told you so many times over the years, that's what this was for. Maybe maybe he doesn't even know that. Maybe it wasn't even his intention. That's how it's being used. Alex Jones said it, so it must be fake. Who said the chemicals were turning frogs gay? And he's wearing this frog suit, and he's making a big joke about it. And yeah, well, But it was a real concept. And yet, to most people, that means fake. Even though what they're actually saying here is that's actually a true thing. That's what they say right in the article. Mr. Kennedy's remarks are being mischaracterized, he says. He's not claiming that endocrine disruptors are the only or main cause of gender dysphoria. A spokesperson for Kennedy said this. He is merely suggesting that given copious research on the effects on, uh, on other vertebrates, this possibility deserves further research. Imagine writing an entire article despite them giving you a comment that quite literally explains the opposite of what you're framing and then just writing it all anyway. Because you can do two things. You can listen to what he said and read what he says right there that he's saying, which are true. So our, so there's only one, two ways to look at this. Either Abby and Andrew didn't even look at what he actually said and simply wrote what they were told to write or did look at what he said and what their spokesperson said and then just lied about it. Either one is equally possible with ridiculous platforms like CNN that hire ridiculous people that are willing to do that. Dr. Linda Kahn, assistant professor in the departments of pediatrics and population health at New York University, added that comparing frogs to humans, well, that's what apples and oranges. Doesn't make sense. Okay, so now we're so far down this absurd narrative that we're not even on the point. Who's talking about frogs, CNN? You are, because Alex Jones. We're talking about children and gender dysphoria. So we go to an expert and say, what about frogs and <laughs> That's not even the same thing. No one's talking about that. This is called a straw man. Khan said, while general studies on endocrine disruptors have shown effort effects on puberty, no study has proven if atrazine, aha, a chemical Kennedy often cites, specifically affects puberty. Okay, see, had they said no studies have proven that endocrine disruptor, see, they know, see, this shows me they do know. Because they had to hone in on the one chemical to make you think they meant in general. That's not true. There's a lot of studies on these things. 
Gore added that while general studies on endocrine disruptors have shown a trend in early onset puberty and a decreased sperm count in men, well, these effects are part of a multitude of factors affecting children's development. Oh, so you do agree with RFK Jr. then? Guys, these guys are clowns, man. So you attack him the entire time, and then you argue exactly what he's actually saying at the end of the article, that it's just one factor and it does make a difference and should be investigated. It goes on to say endocrine disruptors' effects on puberty and reproduction functions are not linked to sexuality and gender expression. Oh, so you guys didn't see the peer-reviewed studies that literally say that? I mean, literally exactly say that they do, in fact, lead intersex individuals may have concurrent physical disorders requiring lifelong medical intervention and experience gender dysphoria. What they're talking about, the increasing prevalence of intersex variation because of endocrine disruptive chemicals, 2016. Here's one from 2016, where it's talking about the exposure to a specific EDC and gender-related play in children. Here's another one talking about endocrine disrupting chemicals, elucidating our understanding of their role in sex and gender relevant point. I guess they just missed all of this in their effort to find out, right? Endocrine disrupting chemicals are diverse and and pervasive and may have significant consequences for health, including reproductive development and expression of sex, gender sensitive parameters. I mean, I just, it's sad. It's sad how easy it is to show how dumb these people are. Now ask yourself, do, do these people care? Do they just dismiss without looking? Do they know and don't care? I mean, I just, it, I'm, I, I'm fascinated by it in its own right. Gender fluid, fluidity and hormone disruptors. Hormone disrupting chemicals may increase gender dysphoria. Here's an easy and important one that goes to 2005, even further back than all of this. Are EDCs blurring issues of gender? Please read the whole thing. Here's the part that's most important. In many, many I guess they missed all of those. Well-documented cases of high-level fetal exposures to known EDCs. And, and they also go into PCBs, DDT, all, it, endocrine disrupting chemicals. The answer to the question of whether exposure is associated with gender-related effects is clearly yes. But they go to say high-level exposures are not as relevant. Okay, so the point is not debatable. Every study that seems to look into this goes, yeah, that's pretty clear. I feel like they're basically going, yeah, you dumb dumb, it's affecting your hormones. Clearly. <laughs> it's just, but here's CNN screaming that you're a conspiracy theorist for ignoring what we can prove with peer-reviewed science. Well, here's what I said. Well, by the way, here's the, well, this one, one of the articles where we just went over this. Here's what I said in response. I simply said, intellectual dishonesty is what you all do best. I thought you trusted the science. And this is where I link to the the other complete idiot, <laughs> Matty Assange, doing the same thing. Clearly, they're all getting talking points. Alex Jones and gay frogs, and they're all towing very clear lines. Somebody's directing all of this. I also had an interview with Dr. McCullough, Peter McCullough, about this, and he agrees. He talks about hormones and anim- and food and everything else causing the same problem. How embarrassing is this, right? Well, to finish off, and I'm going to skip a couple of these videos for time. I'm gonna, I have an interview with, with uh, Misty in about 10 minutes. But I'm going to play this in an upcoming show. It's actually a really good breakdown of the history of how we got here. The transgender movement has conquered American life, he points out. And you can disagree with this all day. But when you watch this video, and I've gone over some of this myself on the show, it's not hard to see that they're, whether or not you believe they're doing this because they think it's the right thing, they do it in a very dishonest and aggressive way. This is what I was saying before. 
These people clearly decided that they're morally superior, that their ideas are correct, and you disgusting people have it all wrong. So we need to change that. Now, you may even agree. Maybe somebody out there thinks that women are lesser beings. You can, you can argue that they're terrible people for it. But they have a right to think that about anybody. And then it gets even the even crazier part about it where somebody is going, well, you say you don't discriminate, but I know you do. I know what you really think. Okay, so now it's really about sussing out people can't even have secret opinions, right? So the point is this is a, a witch hunt about removing certain ideas. It's not about free speech. It's quite literally counter to free speech. Here's Jordan Peterson pointing out, again, something I'll play in an upcoming show, where Justin Trudeau is talking to Muslim parents and telling them, no, 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 you're, you're not, you're missing, you're confused. Everything's okay. It's all right-wing misinformation. As they're going, I'm looking at what's happening. I don't want my child to be taught this disgusting thing. And you're telling me I'm being confused by right-wing talking points? This is what desperation looks like. I, I mean, I really, I, I'm, the fact that they're so aggressively pushing this as we see what's going on says a lot to me. This says, this is a great teaching moment about how the legacy media operates. This is the last point I think we'll finish on. Actually, let's do this very quickly. Have you, this, this is a, a, an activist, part of the trans community that was just recently arrested because she screamed to carry out violence against anybody that disagrees with you, which they all cheered for and even defended after the fact. This this person right here. We'll go over this in the future show. Calls for violence in the trans debate only come from one side, this argument writes. Now, this is from a lesbian perspective, arguing that this is, right now, they are basically erasing the lesbian community. And the gay community is making certain arguments, similar arguments. It's hard not to see that right now. Here's that activist being arrested in, in London because that's what happened. And this is a person that was already previously arrested for kidnapping and attempted murder, leader of the movement. Nearly 6,000 U.S. public schools are hiding child's gender status from parents. And Jiro Doc points something interesting out. As a kid, and I agree with this, I was told if an adult ever encouraged me to keep a secret from my parents, particularly if it was related to sex, this meant danger. We all remember this. Now it's being normalized to do this, institutionalized even. If this is a signpost, it's not, if this is a signpost, if not an alarm bell. Jewish summer camp declares it will hide parents the news of their transitions, right? Ohio school district spent this much money to hide students' gender identity. It's everywhere, guys. We've seen this. It's everywhere. That's incredibly alarming. But guess what? As they're telling you that you're the bigot and you're the one that doesn't understand, well, most Americans, according to many different polls, oppose, including trans athletes in sports, where their, gen- their, their gender does not align. Now, of course, the argument in the article tries to make it out to be some negative thing where you all don't, appre- you don't agree that they should have a right to do what they want with their <laughs> It's ridiculous. Most of this comes from the idea, some people feel that, I'm sure, I, I'll point it out, but most of this comes from the idea that this is ludicrous. When you see a person who finished 46th that ends up becoming a woman, we're told, and then, you know, in most cases, barely even goes through the surgery, but then ends up winning first place over someone that's been winning first their entire life, that doesn't make sense to me. You could, I, I'm willing to bet you my life that same person could go back and compete against the men again, and they would still end up with 46. It shows you that there is a difference. And whether or not you agree with that, the bottom line is 70% of Americans, adults, are saying that's not okay. So, you, are, you can either argue that 70% of the country are bigots or that we see a problem here and that you're forcing something that's untenable, that's not correct, that's in fact actual bigotry against everybody else. 
You can decide for yourself. The point is that ultimately, your opinion doesn't matter. What you'll quickly find out is most people see what we keep telling you. They've just been so afraid to speak up, just like with COVID-19. It's the same thing. People are terrified. The point is that most people don't see, that they think this doesn't make sense. Most people recognize that children are being taken advantage of in some cases, and people are terrified. Well, guess what? Here's another Gallup poll showing you that public schools and confidence in them is at an all-time low. I think we know why. People aren't, this is an agenda, and it's quickly becoming clear that most people don't want this, and they're doing it anyway. As always, guys. And then finally, the point I want to finish with right here, he says, this is a great teaching moment about how the legacy media operates. It's evident that the Toronto Star does not speak for Canadians. By parents and staff, they mean, of course, a nucleus of determined activists. I agree with that. This isn't news. These are instructions to mobilize their radical audience. And it says, parents and staff demand that the board drop the ability to opt out of this drag queen story time. Parents and activists, highly doubt it. Or rather, parents and staff, clearly we're talking about specific people that are all on the same page, like experts in the other article. Well, here's what it says. Parents and staff are demanding the Toronto District School Board stop allowing students to opt out of drag queen story time. How is that even possible? So you're, now your arguing is that you're forcing kids to go? Isn't that, I mean, that, that escalated quickly. Didn't we just go from something going, nobody's forcing anybody to, well, now you have to do it because you're a bigot if you don't. Yeah, who didn't see that coming? It says Toronto P flag the, and the boards, again, 2SLGBTQ plus, I mean, God, community advisor committee have been advocating unsuccessfully for weeks since the issue over attendance and content arose. That, that kind of makes you think that they're losing a lot of attendance because they're allowing people not to go which says something. They say the opt-out violates human, the human rights code. I swear to God, that's what they're saying. And calling for an apology for them for the harm caused by allowing people to make their own choices. Don't miss how clear this is. You're not allowed to think for yourself anymore because they've decided what is right for health, what's, the, what's right for, for equality, for equity. And if you disagree, then you're a terrible person and you're going to get shunned in every sense. This is dangerous. To tell people they're not allowed to opt out of this is wild to me. Ministry spokesperson Grace Lee said, we, quote, expect school boards to respect parental decisions when it comes to their children. They didn't like that because that's not how this works. And guess what? After this, the school board is apologizing to them for allowing parents to opt out. Several sources told the Star that the opt out was linked to and justified under the sex ed curriculum, which allows students grade one to eight to, to choose other activities. So my point, going all the way back to that, even classic sex ed anatomy was always seen in some people's minds as a problem. Even that was a problem. And they gave parents the option to go look in Christian families or however you want to look at it and say, whoa, 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 I'm going to have them go play soccer while this is happening. And that was always allowed. The problem is they're going, this isn't about sexual education, but it's maybe not sexual education, but if you're pretending that this is not in some way sexualized when you have a literal drag queen sitting there, and then in most cases, as we all know, the books are hypersexualized. In this case, they argue they're not, but it's irrelevant because we know that drag queens, as many drag queens themselves have spoken up about, is an inherently sexualized process. What are you doing? You're dressing up in, in lingerie and flashy dresses and, hot, and wild makeup because it's all about sexuality. And then you're teaching them about things that are what? 
about LGBTQ community. And what does that mean? Sexual identity. So the, the way that they're trying to decouple these things is embarrassing. As I've made the point before, what does L stand for? Lesbian. What does that mean? Primarily, sex and attraction to women. Gay, same thing to men. Bi, a laugh out loud at how that means there's only two genders, but nobody cares. That means both. Well, and then trans is simply the, the quagmire of the whole thing, which even the LGB now is pushing back against. But it shows you just simply that it's about what you are sexually attracted to and what you think your sexual identity is. So when you're reading books that are inherently about LGBTQ characters, what do you think it's about? So the point is, it's, in, it's linked to the concept of sexual identity, so people have a right to opt out of it. And they go, no, violates human rights somehow to not force that child to hear what I want him to know. The board has vowed to determine a path forward by consulting with human rights specialists, staff, and community, although there's no specific timeline to do so. That's not good enough, they said, who say they can't wait until fall. What is going on here? So we can't, we, we, that's not good enough. We need these children to hear what we're saying now. That's alarming. In any case, you get the point of it. I have to go. I've got another interview to jump to. But my God, guys, they're literally telling you they're going to force these people to force children to go to these, these, these discussions, these, these drag queen story times. And the point is that the books you can see for yourself and the books they show, even in the images, guys, it's all about, look, pride, Miss Rita. Because it's all about becoming who you're supposed to be in your sexual identity. How is that not about sexual and education or anything sexual at all? We know it is. This is a problem, and it should be for everybody. Thank you for tuning in today, guys. Keep questioning this stuff, guys. It's so clear that in most cases, T-Lab in particular, we tend to be out ahead of these stories because we're not afraid to stand on a ledge and say what we think is right. And I'm very proud of my track record. I think my work speaks for, speaks for itself long before COVID-19, but obviously throughout that. So let's find the courage to be honest about these things. Help me fight for this. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.